You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. I've had many expert guests on our show talk about the power of food, that it can promote optimal health and healing, or that foods can actually cause ill health and disease. Now, today on Wellness for Life Radio, we have a guest who is here to bring a whole new meaning to food as medicine by introducing the concept of culinary genomics. Let's welcome registered dietitian Amanda Archibald. Thanks so much for being here on Wellness for Life, Amanda. I'd love to jump right in to the definition of genomics. I know it's a difficult one, and a lot of people, as a brand new concept, but let's talk about genomics and what culinary genomics is all about. All right. So you're looking for a definition, right, to get started so we can... Yeah. All right. So let me define genomics first, and then I'll skip over to culinary genomics so we can kind of link the two. Uh, so genomics is, in short, is the study of the effects of foods and food con- constituents on gene expression. So how they influence gene expression, sort of turn them up or turn them down, or as we say, upregulate and downregulate. So there's a relationship, obviously, there between nutrition and our sort of innate DNA, if you will. So that's genomics. So culinary genomics is a working term. So if you were to kind of look it up like a discipline like medicine or nutrigenomics or nutrigenetics, it doesn't exist yet in terms of like a formal discipline. Um, so we have to, because I work with a, you know, a couple of, a number of experts, we have to define what culinary genomics is. So we have to find a way to say, look, there's an interaction or interactivity between the field of genomic medicine and the culinary arts. And because the culinary arts translate genomic information to the plate, and that's my area. So the Working definition we came up with, are you ready? Is, yeah. Is stu- ready, ready. And then I have to, to break it down a little bit. So culinary genomics is the study of how we use or integrate, ready, food-derived bioactives or phytonutrients that have this food gene crosstalk ability onto a whole foods canvas. So in other words, how do you laser in these very specific ingredients that have food gene crosstalk onto the plate. Well, so what I'm hearing is that, uh, you know, you can use superfoods and nutrients that are are like phytonutrients and all the good chemicals that are in food so that it can either turn on the good genes or turn the bad genes off. I mean, that's basically it. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is, but we go away, absolutely, at the top level, that's absolutely it. Um, but we would have to define superfoods because, as you know, because you're trained deeply in the sciences like I am, we have to separate what we might call superfoods from foods that where there are components, as you say, phytonutrients or bioactives that really are have that ability to, yeah, turn up or turn down the volume of foods. So, you know, there is, as you know, there's, un, un, there's a daunting number uh, this daunting amount of confusion in the nutrition world is what we even mean by a superfood. But when we get to genomics, we are really looking at very specific foods because we have to demonstrate this food, green, food gene crosstalk ability. So it's almost well, like we sift down. <laughs> we sift down a little deeper. 
let's talk about then these foods that you believe in that that I know they're research because I've I've looked at so many of them myself and mm-hmm. talk a lot about them. But I want to hear what your uh, definition, well, not definition, but what you think, which <laughs> foods are, let's say the top five. I mean, you know, we don't have a lot of time here. So let's, let's give our yeah. listeners some of the great foods that we got to, we got to start eating more of. Right. Okay. So we start with looking at, first of all, in the science, uh, the foods will be defined by their food gene cross-talkability. So the, one of the major bioactives that's had so much research, has so much research behind it is quercetin or quercetin. So quercetin. And quercetin we find in the allium family. So you're talking your garlic, leeks, onions, chives. But you also find quercetin in things like fennel, capers of all things. You know, those really cool little green pods, you know, the way a lot of people like mm, kind I of love in the back of the refrigerator. They're so yummy. Um, and you can use them instead of anchovies. You know, if you're trying to make one of those Caesar-like dressings, uh, and you want to use it, make it more plant-based and use capers, and you know they're powerful, food, powerful food gene cross-talkability. But what they can actually do, because they contain such a robust amount of quercetin, is they can actually turn down the volume of a very pro-inflammatory gene called TNF-alpha, which you will, of course, know all about. So, so it can powerfully have um, an anti-inflammatory effect along with its cousins that, you know, I just mentioned. So your, you know, your onions, fennel, elderberries also fit into that category, as do, of all things, radishes and their leaves. So I tell people, buy your radishes, you know, your breakfast radishes or your Easter egg radishes with the leaves on because you actually want to use the leaves even more than you want to use the, the radish itself because the, the potency of quercetin is even higher in the leaves over the actual radish itself. Mm. You know, it's actually amazing that we don't know. I mean, these little leaves. I mean, I love beet leaves, beet to- tops. Yeah. But how about, you know, when you talk about radishes, because I eat a lot of uh, radish sprouts, which is, you know, the first living live yeah. uh, uh, sprouts sprouted plant of the seed itself. What do you think about sprouts? Do you think that that would have a lot of quercetin too? I don't need, you know, that's where we have to be true to the science. Say, I actually don't know, but, uh, you know, it would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, it's the same plant. So I don't know if they would have a more robust amount than the actual sort of mature leaves. Uh, but you right. know, they're, they're, they're also, you know, hugely vibrant. Quercetin aside, the vibrancy and phytonutrient content and the nutrient content of those sprouts is so, you know, as I say, it's such a vitality and energetic food that just put it right in the mix, <laughs> you know. Right. Sometimes we get, right? I mean, we get so hung up sometimes. On, well, does it have this nutrient or this bioactive? It's like above and beyond that. It's fabulously delicious and fabulously vibrant uh, nutritionally so put it right in there oh that's good you know what i <laughs> yeah. do know a lot about quercetin is yes as an anti-inflammatory it's uh, yeah. it reduces the mast cell which are the our immune cells to um mm-hmm. stop the histamine release you know so it oh, helps a lot true. with allergies and it reduces Right. So not only will yeah. it help with the tnf alpha um uh reduction of that that inflammatory chemical, it really reduces that um, inflammation or mast cell um, uh, mm-hmm. degradation, I should say. How about what else? Besides quercetin, what else do you suggest? We've got another couple minutes left. 
So um, curcumin, you know, our favorite. So curcumin, which is that critical constituent of turmeric that we, you know, this being sort of thrown around so much. So curcumin absolutely belongs in your food, food gene crosstalk um, basket or grocery basket, if you will, a toolkit, um, because it has the ability to uh, dynamically downregulate or turn down the volume on TNF-alpha and it, its cousin or downstream cousin and F-kappa B that we'll start to hear so much more about. But the other thing is it, it kind of works in two ways. It can downregulate this pathway, but it also has demonstrated nutrigenomic activity in the antithesis, which is the NRF2 pathway, which is so important to... Um, it Basically, the NRF2 pathway helps us um, code for what we call endogenous antioxidants, or these potent antioxidants that are powerful um, um, antioxidants in, in our cells. So you can't eat those antioxidants. You have to produce them. And the way we produce them is use something like um, turmeric to stimulate that pathway. So turmeric. Oh, that's so in interesting. Yes, that Nerf two, Nerf two pathway. You know, because I really love working with methyl genetics, is very powerful, and and more and more people are going to start talking about that. And I really got to have you get, come back and talk about that Nerf two. You know what? We've got so much here. Is it uh, ncghealthsolutions.com? That's your website, right? That's one of them. That's- oh, great! And I know field to plate. Uh, You know what? Got to get going. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies for ultimate health and wellness right here. 